Welcome to Friday Night Church. My name is Pastor Jeff, and that's part of my sermon right there. Very important. And I'm teaching tonight on the miracle of deliverance. The miracle of deliverance. I have a good word for you. A few years ago, I was visiting my friend, Pastor Bill Shear at Guts Church in Tulsa. And he said, man, did you see the video of the uh, Cape Buffalo that got delivered at the in Kruger National Park? I said, no. He said, oh, you've got to see it, you know. So we went and found a computer in one of his staff members' offices, and uh, he commandeered it, and it was, you know, <laughs> and he turned that on, and it's about eight minutes or so. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, it lends itself to what I'm about to preach, and I'm going to describe it rather than play it, but because I don't know what the copyright rules are with live stream and so forth. So I'll try to do a good job of communicating the story, and I'll jog your memory since most of you have seen it. Who has not seen it? Okay, it's something you should Google and look up because I heard uh, wildlife photographers are jealous of the couple that just happened to be out on a vacation and had a handy cam, and they said they captured what was what a lifetime career-defining uh, quality documentary video. In fact, they later came and they dissected it, uh, they being the, the editors and the directors, you know, they, they, it was just fascinating. Basically, it underscores what I'm going to tell you about the devil is like a prowling, roaring lion, prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And he lays in the grass and tries to take advantage. And my goal tonight is to actually build faith in your life and strengthen you so you can win in the battles of life and, you, life and you'll be less susceptible to the uh, cunning strategies of the enemy. How, how, how many of you are for that? There's a, there's a miracle of deliverance that can come in all the time on a consistent basis through the course of your lives. And how many of you have had some miracles of deliverance? We all have because God, in fact, is a deliverer. But anyway, what happened in the story was this herd of Cape Buffalo were walking up to the water hole, and, and there, but you could, the, the videographers could see that there was a pride of lionesses laying in the grass on the other side, downwind, and the buffalo didn't know about it. So they walked up, uh, and then the, the lions did their thing and attacked, and the, the herd veered and started to run away, and there was left vulnerable a young calf and immediately got pounced upon by this pride of lionesses. And it's pretty brutal, you know. They tumbled down the hill and uh, splashed into the edge of the lake. And then, uh, to make matters worse, here's this little isolated, vulnerable calf being chewed on by these lionesses. They're pinning them down, and they're trying to take them out and, you know, suffocate him. Then, to make matters worse, not one, but two, like 14 foot long uh, Nile crocodiles came up from the water and got his hindquarters. And so these two apex predator teams were playing tug of war with this little calf. Anybody relate? Anybody ever been there? Did you ever come to church and go, you know what all this perforation is? Crocodiles and lions, right? <clears throat> what I love about it as a pastor and as a prayer person is that what apparently happened was the herd of buffalo rallied and they came running in like the, 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 the cavalry, 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 going up to Calvary. 
and uh, and uh, they came thundering in, and they and they just uh, you know one of the big uh, bulls went and charged and hit one of the lionesses and knocked it off of what could have been their calf, you know, and she flew in the air like a rag doll, and um, they, they, you know, they had their ears back and their tails down, and they whimpered off. And what was amazing was that the uh, calf, you got good video footage. Uh, do you remember where the calf, calf gets the back up on his, on his hooves, kind of springs up. Now, he's got nubs for ears, and he's tailless, so he's like a punk rock-looking calf now. And... Um, <clears throat> He, he rejoined the herd, the, the lions ran off, and uh, the, the, it, they went off into the sunset with a victory. How many of you want to go off into the sunset with a victory? And this is what I have for you, Job chapter 4, verse 11. Interesting verse. I don't think I've ever preached this before. So if you've heard me a million times, you didn't hear me preach this quite like this. Job chapter 4, verse 11, the lion perishes for lack of prey and the whelps of the lioness are scattered. The lion perishes for lack of prey. You know what, I, my goal tonight is to actually get you devil-proof, get you where you're not, the, the Bible says in, in Ephesians 4, not to give the devil an opportunity. He, now that implies that the devil is an opportunist. So he, you know, in fact, when he tempted Jesus, in uh, Luke chapter 4, at the end of every temptation, he left for a better opportunity, which underscores what I'm telling you. Those lionesses are opportunistic hunters. They're just waiting around. They know that it's inevitable that their prey has to get water. And so they hunkered down in the grass, and they were downwind. They, they're smart, you know, uh, you know, the lion's the king of the jungle. And yet our God delivers us from and shuts the mouths of lions. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, tells about it. By faith, they shut the mouths of lions. Now, when you think about that, what story comes to mind in the Old Testament? The book of Daniel, chapter 6. Let's go to it just for a moment, okay? Let's find Daniel. And um, I want you to just get, a, get an insight on this. Daniel is a lot like you and me. He's a man of God in a harsh environment. He's in the world, but he's not of it. He has been uh, ejected from his homeland in, uh, and knocked over into Babylon. Uh, the Babylonian system is an environment that is ungodly and uh, disinterested in, in empathy, Does, is, is, is very harsh. Uh, much like the Roman Empire, much like what it was like in the late 60s and early 70s in California when I was a kid, much like how it is right now in today's world. Realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. And so we're in those times, but we're not going to give the devil an opportunity, are we? We're going to learn from this message today. And Daniel is right where it always was, but I had to go look at my index to find it. It's right after uh, it's right after Ezekiel. I got up to Ezekiel and then I chickened out and I was on my way. I was, on, I was doing good. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel had so much favor. Daniel had the blessing of God on his life. Daniel, in the Old Testament context, 
was a light bearer as a Jewish believer that understood who the true and living God was. He was living an authentic life. He made up his mind. He was, he was deep-rooted. He had deeply held conviction. No, he was not a superhero. No, he was not some sort of amazing, in a humanistic sense. He, he, he would, I think if he were here he would, and heard us preach about him, he would make sure, please emphasize how good God was to me through my life. Because uh, that's the kind of authenticity the guy walked in. And that made people jealous. And the princes and the satraps that were work, working for the Babylonian king hated his guts, tried to catch him in a technicality. And um, the king had made a decree. And the harshness of the Babylonian system was such that once they made a decree, they, even if it was against their w wish, they, they couldn't change it. That's like when uh, Herod and Herodias, uh, you know, he made a promise to uh, Herodias' daughter when she danced, well, I'll give you half of my kingdom. And she said, give me the head of John the Baptist on a charger. And it grieved him. He didn't want to have to do that. But he did it out of obligation. And that's what happened here. And uh, it was said that, you know, if you don't do what I tell you and you don't obey the laws, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. And so they said, well, Daniel's been praying. And he got in trouble for praying. So then it says in verse 16 of chapter 6, then the king gave orders and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, your God whom you constantly serve will himself deliver you. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, a, that's support from the, the heathen king. That's favor. And he's, he's, he's saying, man, I, you know, this was his wish. And then a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den. Doesn't that sound familiar? Like when they rolled the stone onto Jesus' tomb. And, uh, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the signet rings of the nobles. Look at this. Look at this. So that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. It, it's like, it's as though the human system is saying, man, we've got this guy pinned against the wall. He is going to have an overnight stay in the lion's den, and he is going to be uh, uh, chewed to bits. And, and yet the king had some sort of a, a heart here. You know, sometimes we feel like stuff is such that nothing can change for me. You know, this, the, like there's a stone rolled into our, our life. There's such an isolation. There, we feel like, man, you know, this, I've been at this a long time, and, you know, I, this... It's, it feels dark, you know. You ever feel that way to you? Well, what I'm preaching, I, I want this to, to bear into your spirit so that what Job said, the lion per perishes for lack of prey. And actually, God made Daniel lion-proof. And uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, they by faith shut the mouths of lions. And even Paul used it as a metaphor when he said that he was delivered from the jaw of the lion, and we think it was implying Nero and his, his evil. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I know every one of us has been delivered from the, the jaws of the lion. And, and you think about what Peter said, be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I was listening to a couple of great ministers, a husband and wife team. I actually had a conversation with them in another country. And they immediately, oh, they had been here at our, our uh, meetings in the 90s, and they're, they're actually ter terrific people. And they just immediately opened their heart to me. I was really 
kind of stunned at how vulnerable they made themselves. And, and I guess they were relating, like, and they were going through a battle that was causing depression. And they described some of it to me, which got me praying. And I think that might be why they told me the detail. It made my blood boil and my wife. We prayed for them. Uh, they were being mistreated by others in, in, a, in a very weird, manipulative way. God worked it out. And uh, they talked about it, and I was listening to them years later about uh, the offenses that came that made them, it, it was something they had to work to overcome. And so this is what I'm, I'm really, I, when I heard what, what, what the, the lady said, I thought that, it reminds me of this verse. The lion perishes for lack of prey, and the whelps of the lioness are scattered. So what happens to Daniel is he gets thrown into the lion's den that's sealed. Then the king, it says, went off to his palace and spent the night fasting. No TV, uh, no pizza he, that was brought before him, and he, and he stayed up all night. He did an all-nighter, which really shows that God had touched that man's heart. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And these guys understood submission to authority, and they were honoring, and they were loving, and they were prayerful. They were, they were in, the, in the chapter 5, Daniel was the one that, that, that interpreted the, the, the vision of, of, of uh, the writing on the wall, and he got the interpretation for it. Then the king arose at dawn, at the break of dawn, and went in haste to the lion's den. Imagine, this guy girds up his toga and he's running to get to the, to the stone and he gets to the mouth of the cave and he gets near the den to Daniel. He cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you constantly serve been able to deliver you from the lion's? Now, if I was Daniel, I'd try to have a long pause here <laughs> for dramatic effect. Then Daniel spoke to the king. Oh, king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of lions, and they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him. And also toward you, O oh, king, I have committed no crime. And therein lies a point that when you are in an overnight stay in a lion's den, really guard your spirit against bitterness. First Peter chapter five. Let's look at this in this context. First Peter chapter five. It says to be of sober spirit. And this is what I'm trying to teach you tonight. Because when the lion, the lion will actually perish for a lack of prey. And as pastor of this church, as someone that is committed to your welfare that has to give an account for your soul, I am burdened to make sure you are lion-proof, that you, out, you withstand and overcome through the course of your days and see the fulfillment of your destiny. In fact, the, the definition for deliver is to bring to a destination. And we used to sing a song, I have a destiny, I know I shall fulfill. And, and when you're a destiny is that you have a destination and God being the author of your destiny will help you with your to get to the destination. And when I talked to those pastors and they were going through such trouble, one of the things they had to do to, to, to lion-proof their moment 
was in the midst of the offense, they had to guard themselves from bitterness. They had to guard themselves from holding people in contempt and murmuring and things like that. That's very, very important. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be of sober spirit. Be of sober spirit. Sober means alert. Be on the alert. Be focused. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's the thief, John 10.10. He comes to do three things, steal, kill, destroy. Wants to steal your destiny, wants to destroy your vision, wants to kill your motivation, wants to shut down your faith, wants to bum you out, get you so depressed, get you distracted, blur your vision, and so forth. He's a thief. He's evil. And yet, Peter gives us a prophetic, Holy Spirit-saturated directive uh, where he says, be sober, be aware of it, be on the alert. You know, knowledge is power. You know, don't bury your head in the sand. Pay attention. Be on the alert. That's what happened to the herd of Cape Buffalo they were oblivious. They were just kind of coming along and moping and kind of just doing their thing. And all of a sudden, there was an attack. Well, here's what we do. You write this down if you want to write notes. Number one, but resist him. But resist him. There's so much power in resistance. Uh, we are not just floating through life on a flowery bed of ease. We are like those salmon that want to bear fruit, so we will f swim up a waterfall to go to the, to the area for productivity. And uh, resistance is the opposite of being reticent. Reticence is, is sort of apathetic. It's withdrawn. It's reserved. Pay attention to this because Proverbs twenty-two thirteen gives a, a, an amazing statement. It says, the sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets. And this is something we need to understand tonight. I heard a minister say, while I was at Bible school years and years ago, that it's an outgrowth of, of apathy. When you get apathetic, it creates serious problems. That's why Peter immediately says, resist him. Take your stand. Fight the good fight of faith, Paul called it. Peter says, resist him. James said, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Yeah. Job says, look, the lion perishes for the lack of prey. Yeah. I love what one minister said. We are assigned to manifest Satan's defeat. Yeah. Uh, last verse, one of the last verses in Romans 16, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Now, I don't know what you've been through in all the course of your life, what dysfunction or blessing there was in your past, what awkwardness, what things you're embarrassed about, what things you're proud of, kind of the trials and challenges of your life, and even recently. But the Lord is that faithful one who loves you and is with you. I saw actor John Voight interviewed, and he said he uh, had a terrible moment. His family was falling apart, divorce. His kids didn't want to talk to him. His, 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 there were issues with his career, you know, this actor. And he said he was in his house, and he got on the floor, and he said, this is so difficult. And he said a voice spoke to him and said, it's supposed to be difficult. And, and he, he attributed that to be God. And he, then he went on, and he, he basically said uh, such non-religious tone. I don't know what his beliefs are, but he basically was saying, you know, look, God is watching us all the time. 
You know, and I thought, that's good. You know, it's interesting to hear his perspective. And he, in fact, is guiding us with his eye upon us. But he doesn't want us to lapse into that sluggard. Have you ever seen a slug? They're easy to outrun. <laughs> but God, you know, God wants us to be vigilant. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Uh, firm in your faith. I think about Romans chapter 12 about the accuser of the brethren that accuses us before God day and night. And I, I've been reading Job over and over again, and Satan went to God and started doing this accusation thing with Job. I've, I've probably read Job three, I'm on my fourth time, I think, this year reading Job. I've had so much fun just uh, watching somebody else suffer. No, no, that's not right. Because in, in James chapter 5, it says, consider the outcome of Job's life, how God was faithful. And uh, no, I don't like to see other people suffer. I like to see people overcome. And in fact, Job's whole story is overcoming to the point where he said in chapter 42, verse 2, I know you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And then verse 10, he prayed for his friends and the Lord restored his fortunes twofold. And that's really what the outcome I want to see. The lion will perish for lack of prey. I want to make it where the devil prowls around and he, he can't find anybody that he could, he could destroy around here. Because your faith is developed. Because you learn how to resist the devil. And I thought about what this couple said. And I, pretty, I appreciated their honesty and candor. Because when I was with them, I could feel their anxiety and, their, and I could observe their depression. And they're real people and great leaders. And you want to know so bad who they are, and I'm not going to tell you. But it was fascinating that I had this personal connection with them. And I, too, was going through a very similar problem. And so it's amazing because um, here's what it says later on here. It says, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Let's get a reality check here. It's just a fact of life. Jesus said this, it's inevitable offenses will come. And when this woman was talking about, man, don't be yielded up to become prey, be subjected by, by, by uh, offenses. I mean, I learned this early in my marriage. I, you know, the beginning of strife is like letting out water. So abandon a quarrel before it begins. And we had to work together as a team to prevent strife from festering in our relationship and in our household. Um, we realized it was a blessing blocker. We realized it was an anointing inhibitor. We realized it was a, a, a fellowship disruptor. We realized where there's jealousy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. And it got to the point where it's like, we got to work uh, on these things. Because we're both strong-willed, we're both, you know, stubborn and, you know, have passion and we're enthusiastic I just said that, and she said, speak for yourself. So didn't, didn't we just prove that just then? We just proved that. But you know what? I, I want to deprive the devil uh, access to me. You know, I saw one of these films, uh, these Jesus shows. I think it was done by, what's the name of that guy that did uh, Survivor? What's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? Uh, Roma Downey, married to Roma Downey. Mark Burnett, Australian guy, I think. He and his wife did this show. 
And, you know, I, 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 I don't usually watch those shows, but when the Daniel one came on, I watched it. And I love the guy that played Daniel. But, man, whoever did the cinematography, whoever did the, the editing, whoever did the lighting... Uh, got the lions in there. He, at one point, he was laying there, and the lion's yellow eyes were just unflinchingly, not blinking, staring down at Daniel. And Daniel was looking back at him, and it just felt so real. And I just loved the way it was done because it wasn't all embellished and all fanciful. He was literally in a lion's den overnight with hungry lions, and yet God sent an angel and shut the mouths of those lions. How many of you want to see... God shut the mouths of those lions. Listen, you've got to get and watch that, that battle at Kruger and just let it minister to you as a Christian. Let, let, think about the herd of buffalo as the church, as, as people of prayer, where there's a steady stream of prayer from God's people for one another. And the strength that comes through our numbers, where one could chase 1,000 and two could put 10,000 to flight. And, and, and initially they ran, but then they came back because they're, and you think about the example of we're not of those who shrink back, but we're those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. There's a miracle of deliverance that's available to us at every step. And when that couple was telling me what kind of complex garbage was mounting up on them, it looked bad, but God turned it around. God turned it around. And uh, with Daniel, it looked bad when the stone was rolled over, you know. But even that king yearned for breakthrough for Daniel. And he said, he started out by saying, your God will deliver you. And then he came back and said, hey, Daniel, did your God deliver you? <laughs> you know, he was, he was uh, you know, immature in his faith. But then uh, he says, okay, all you, guys that, all you guys that were bad toward Daniel, come here. Threw them all in there, and they all got their bones crunched, it says in verse 24. And then he got up, and he issues a decree, and he says, uh, In all the, my dominion and the kingdom, men are to, to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and enduring forever, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. His dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel enjoyed, enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Can I hear a hallelujah? hallelujah. David said it this way in Psalm 18, 1 through 2. I skipped over my point about the knowing the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren in the world. I talked to a friend, you know, and I was upset, uh, and, and I was expressing my frustration. And he listened to me for a while, and then he waited till I was done and politely began to explain what he was in the middle of at that moment. And it was dueling testimonies, and his was worse than mine. He won. It was like, oh. And it really showed me about, wow, we in, we, we've got to resist the devil, firm in our faith, and I'm telling you, there's a faith builder right now that we serve a God that delivers uh, us from the, the jaw of the lions. Liter literally with Daniel, figuratively with us. With Paul, with Paul, he used it as a metaphor about, about Nero. And with us, we can trust that God 
uh, strengthens us and helps us. And we're not going to be the sluggard saying, there's a lion outside, I'm going to be killed in the streets. We're going to get over that. We're going to get over that. And uh, here's what Psalm 18, 1 and 2 says. This is the, the, the faith decree of King David. He just went down the list. I love you, Lord, my strength. I love you, Lord, you're my rock and my fortress. And what? My deliverer, say it, my deliverer. And what else? And my God, and then he says, my rock again. And then he says, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Look at this, look at this, next verse. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. But resist him. Firm in your faith. In the name of Jesus, you have to flee right now. I resist the devil and he flees from me. Get behind me, Satan. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But with it, look, let's deprive the, de the lion of even having any prey. The lion perishes for lack of prey. Where we're developing as Christians and we're giving no place to the devil, we're forgiving, we're quick to repent. We keep a humble heart. We do things right. The Daniel was doing things right. He was walking in righteousness. The, the, the integrity of the upright shall guide them. It's super important to walk in holiness and walk in reverence and walk in the fear of the Lord and close the doors to the devil. Listen to Proverbs 28.1. You know it. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing. But what? The righteous are what? Bold as a lion. I love that God's my deliverer. Psalm 91, uh, 13 says, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. I watched a video of a guy in India that was clearing some stuff out by his house and out pops what looked like a 25 foot long cobra. And it was mad, it had his neck all out, you know. It was standing up and it was coming at him real fast. And the guy, I guess he dealt with it before, he was just kind of slapping it and trying to get it out of his way. I thought, wow, man, this guy's a stud. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, but just think about this. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample down. Psalm 91 was a prophetic, under uh, uh, bold italic statement that, one day God's going to restore authority to a people and having done all to stand, we'll stand. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It took something for some of you to come to church tonight. You had to, you had to come through some stuff. I mean, many times I've had to come through some stuff to end up showing up. Sometimes just showing up is a big part of the whole process, isn't it? But I'm telling you, we're, we're going we're gonna to learn and we're going to stand our ground Psalm 35, 17 says, The Lord, O Lord, how long will you look on, rescue my soul from their ravages, uh, my life from the lions? Uh, you know, you may have lions at work, lions in the neighborhood, lions in your thought life, lions in your uh, behavioral patterns, uh, lions in your hormones, lions in your mood, lions with circumstance. Uh, in fact, Psalm 57.4, he said, my soul is among lions. That's just a reality check that Peter said. He said, look, 
knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So we just are learning how to mature and grow and build our faith to be strengthened and in order to win in the battles of life. He delivers and he rescues. I'm gonna close with this amazing place and then I wanna pray together because we need to, we need to lion-proof each other. You know, we need, to, we need to take our stand and I wanna go to 2 Corinthians chapter one and I'm gonna finish with a, 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 one of my favorite deliverance verses. I've gone to this verse over and over through the years. And uh, verse 10 of chapter one of 2 Corinthians. Paul is in the context talking about God's a God of all comfort and mercy. And he's, uh, their hope is firmly grounded. And he said, yet I want to tell you, verse eight, that uh, man, it's been a rough time in Asia burdened excessively beyond our own strength so that we despaired even of life. Kind of reminds me of that pastoral couple that talked to me in another country a few years ago. But they don't look that way now. They've got their gleam back in their eye and the sunshine and the brightness on their shoulders. They've got the victory. The circumstances turned around. The evil perpetrators have been removed. And uh, it says, indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Verse 10, look at this verse, three tenses. Who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. And you also joining and helping us through your prayers. You know, church prayer is at its best when it's like the uh, Cape Buffalo herd that made a comeback. And they came to retrieve that calf. It was simple. It wasn't, it was just practical. It was to go and retrieve the vulnerable uh, member. And, and they're like, that was years ago. And those Cape Buffalo live for some time. They're, they're some of the, they're the top five in Africa uh, uh, animals. And they're huge. And there might be some, some big giant bull that's earless and tailless that just stands around with kind of a chip on his shoulder and, and, and then just repeatedly through the rest of his life says, what are you looking at? <laughs> Do you feel like in church you're the one that has the lion burnt, you know, bite marks all over your skull and you've got, it, it, it may be the case, but that ends up being a tribute to the wonderfulness of God being a deliverer. Paul said, he delivered us, he's delivering us, and he's yet to deliver us. And I just want to tell you, it's not extrapolation, it's not exaggeration. I am not embellishing by bragging on how much of a deliverer our God is. It delivered you from the jaws of the lion. He delivered you from damnable sin. He delivered you from hell. Don't you think he could take care of the details of your life the remainder of your days? He's got your back. He has a plan. And it says here, and you joining and helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. At home, you guys watching online, I'm praying that God will do this for you as we stand up together. 
I want you guys to all stand up. We're going to believe God and we're going to join together in faith. And I, 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 wanna, I, want, I want there to be no pray. No, we're going to pray. I want to have prayer. But I don't want any lion prey. Right? The lion perishes for lack of prey. But the saints are delivered by the abundance of prayer. How about that? How about that? So having done all to stand, we stand. If you're doing great, you can augment somebody else and supplement them by praying the prayer of faith over them, commanding the devil to take a hike. Listen, if you've gotten into the pattern of toxicity, it's easy to do. Where people hurt you, they say things about you, they do things you wish they had never done, and there's nothing you could do about it. You knew it would happen. You watched the patterns for decades. Sure enough, they did it. And then you just have to decide, I am not giving the devil an opportunity. I forgive, I stand, and I'm going to believe God because there's just, I do not want to waste any more of my time thinking about that behavior. They're going to have to deal with that between them and God. I'm believing God from this point on. As for me and my house, and when the stone rolls away, we're coming out without any kitty scratches or cat bites, right? How many of you want to overcome in an overnight stay in the lion's den? Well, none of us want to have an overnight stay in the lion's den, but everybody has to deal with these battles. But we will not be the sluggard that nervously says, there's a lion outside. No, we're going to take our stand. And, and let, just, let's just believe God for right now for supernatural deliverance. You're going to tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the adder, you will trample. God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. And if you're not a Christian, you've got to surrender your life to Jesus right now. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to become your Lord and Savior. Surrender to him. Submit to him. Trust him. He loves you. Call upon him. God, I pray that whatever's going on in people's lives, alarming symptoms, bad diagnoses, lack, uh, pressure on their finances, concerns about raising their kids, whatever it may be, Father, I'm asking for supernatural strengthening. And, and not, just, not just a light thing. I, I'm asking you, God, like when those buffalo went back there and got their calf from the jaws of the crocodiles and the lions. And God, I just thank you that by faith, they shut the mouths of lions. Tonight is our night for shutting the mouths of lions. Tonight's our night for overcoming depression, fear, self-loathing, sin patterns. We have the victory in Jesus' name. 